Hello and welcome back to Geek Cinema Podcast, a podcast where my friends and I have a conversation over geeky, nerdy, and fanboy or fangirl movies alike. We're not experts or an educational podcast, we're just a group of friends who like talking about sci-fi, fantasy, horror, and superhero movies. <sighs> if you've never listened before, my name's Everett, and this is our episode over Ready Player One. And there are major spoilers for the movie, so if you haven't seen it yet, go check it out. Uh, there are major spoilers for the Rampage trailer, and I would have liked to avoid spoilers for the book, but uh, Trent just really felt the need to talk about it, and it's weaved in with the conversation about the movie, so it was hard for me to edit all of it out. There is a good amount edited, but there might be... If you if you want no spoilers for the book, I'm sorry, you can't listen to this probably. But, if you don't mind some minor spoilers, such as Iron Man, E.T. the Extraterrestrial, or The Shining, those are in here. That's all I think I have to tell you guys. I really hope you enjoy this episode, and you'll go subscribe on iTunes or your podcast app and leave us a review on iTunes, and go check us out online at secondmob.com. Enjoy the conversation. This is our quickest turnaround. Uh, or our quickest return to the studio in a long time. What do you mean? Because we were just in here on Saturday. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And now we're yeah, back this, on the Tuesday. The seats are still warm. Mm-hmm. Wednesday. It's Wednesday. Yeah. Whoa. Whoa. Skipped a whole day there, man. Thank God. <laughs> it means the week's going by fast. Yeah, which means that I only had time to watch one movie. Really? And what was that? I bet it was the same movie I watched. Maybe. Maybe. Who knows? The Infinity War comes out later this month, in Mm. 24 days to be exact. And so I started The Road to Infinity War, and Matt came Not to be confused with The Road to Civil War. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mm. Two years difference. How many times have you seen these Marvel movies now? Uh, it differs from movie to movie. Actually, when when we did our Road to Civil War uh, two years ago, that was my first time seeing Iron Man 2, Iron Man 3, and Thor The Dark World. Oh. Yeah. Two of which were disappointments, right? You didn't, Did you like three? I liked all of them, but they were just... Some were better than others. I actually liked three a lot more than two. Mm. Same. I'm not sure where I stand on that. <laughs> But I'm I'm excited to. It's so hard making that list because we all made our lists for the end of for the Civil War episode and. Oh man, that was difficult. So I'm excited to try to rewrite it a bit. Like watch these all within less than a month span because that was like two or three months span we mm-hmm. did those episodes in. Seeing them all closer, seeing of those three for the second time, seeing a few of the other ones for the third time. I don't know which one I'd seen the most. I'm not mm. really sure. Maybe Iron Man. Captain America, oldest. First Avenger for me. <laughs> hmm. Oddly enough, the one that I thought I was going to hate. You don't hate it? No, I don't hate it. I thought I was going to hate it because I thought it was just going to be like, America, fuck yeah, <laughs> the whole time. Mm. And uh, It's only like that part of the time. No, I actually really wasn't <laughs> even like it much at all. It had a lot of heart. And I, mm. I think I've seen that one probably probably six or seven times. It's definitely, it was up there on my list last time. I, I was surprised how high it was. Mm-hmm. It was like number five or something, I think, yeah. last when I made my list. But this time it's going to be different. I'm just excited to see what's going to happen. 
Who knows? Who knows? My sister's been watching all of them. She is very excited for Infinity War. She won't shut up about it. She's like, Trent, why haven't you watched the movies? I'm so like, maybe we should know. have her on the podcast is what he's saying sometimes. <laughs> she would just be laughing the whole time. She has that like nervous laughter tendency. So like every sentence and just be a giggle into the microphone. So hey, maybe it would make for some conversation. You never know. <laughs> maybe a, a new joke, a new running joke. I sw- I've met your sister. You have one sister, right? You don't have two. Oh, you do have two. Do maybe have two. not. Yep. Older sister, younger sister. Which one is this? Younger sister. Uh, where's, okay. I think I met your older sister. Probably. Yeah. She worked in the movie theater for a while. She did. All right. I, yeah. Okay. Cause yep. she recognized me and I didn't know her. And mm. I need to get it. on your level. Cause you, you, you sound awake, but me and Trent kind of have our early radio voices on uh. or morning time radio. <laughs> right. I guess not morning. That's late well, night. I, I, this is, you know, radio. we got to have time to kind of warm up. See, stuff like that. here's, here's my, you, you want to know my secret. I'll tell you my secret. Every time, coffee. Before, every time before I come over here, <laughs> I have a coffee. Whenever Trent's on, I make sure it's extra fucking dark. I don't. Cause I gotta be awake and aware to run with you. Yeah. I mean, I had a coffee at like 3 PM and I still feel lethargic, but. Granted, I was studying all day, so I'm, that'll do things to you. <laughs> to yeah, your brain, yeah, man. Yeah. But I'm very excited to talk about this movie, so I'm sure once that kicks off... Things hey, are you be don't have anything else here. to talk about, do you? You didn't see any movies in the last three days, did you? I don't believe so, no. No? I didn't see any. Iron Man felt like a horror movie at parts, and I never noticed it before. Right? Me too. I was like, when he's in the cave and his, the suit is on for the first time. The suit is on for the first time, or whenever Obadiah shows up, it's like right out of Alien. Oh, yeah. uh, what was the other one? Uh, whenever they're, oh, of course, whenever they're putting the the arc in him the first time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it gets dark. It gets yeah. very dark. It, I mean, I knew nothing about the movie when I watched it the first time. I was like, why did I just sign up for it? I was like, and, this is totally different than I was expecting. And, and they then, do like the gritty handheld yeah. camera that was really popular with the horror films at mm-hmm. that time. Like, like whoa. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Fantastic movie. But that's not what we're here to talk about, really. Nope. We're here to talk about a movie that we all saw called Ready Player One. Indeed. Directed by Steven Spielberg. Mm, the man himself. Mm. return to form in a way in a way so maybe the first return to form for i don't know not the first uh so i'm I'm looking through his films well he's made so many i mean the post you know bridge of spies the such like these are all like kind of different movies right that embody spielberg just in different ways when you say um yeah i mean uh let's see here hold on i was gonna try and pull up a list a solid list of what he's directed and read it because that's a very long i'm list. not going to i'm going okay. to i'm going to browse through it because like truthfully there have been maybe i think a, or maybe three films of his that i've really liked that can't be right i, I mean like it's not many he's done 57 films I need to watch, and I'll say this, I need to watch the Indiana Jones films mm-hmm. now. I've told you that before, yes. before I pass judgment on those. I've seen them, but I can't remember if I liked them or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I really liked them, because my brother ran out. So I didn't like War of the Worlds. Okay, so I liked The Terminal, and I like Catch Me If You Can, so it's two. I like Minority Report, that was three. Minor- uh, AI, which is four. And I liked The Lost World, Jurassic Park, and his segment in Twilight Zone, the movie, Hmm. Close Encounters of Their Kind is interesting to watch, but I, I like it doesn't do anything for me. But you and said you haven't seen it in a long time, right? 
True. Have you liked any of his like animated movies, like Tintin or the BFG? I didn't like Tintin or the BFG. I felt mm. I felt like the BFG was the ugliest film I've ever fucking seen in my life. What do you say the most ugliest? Ugliest. Ugliest. Like oh, really? it was just I, I don't know. Like something about it was just like visually off putting. Mm. Um E.T. though, I want to revisit E.T. sometime because like all I can remember about E.T. is that terrifying scene where the, they come in and they get E.T. in mm-hmm. the suits and shit and it is that 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 is scarring. Hmm. Yeah, I'm uh I'm a bit of a nut, a Spielberg nut. Yeah, cuz you I love, love everything he's yeah. Jaws is in my like my top 10 list. Right. Raiders is in my top 10 list. War of the Worlds is really one of the things. I think it was just because I was let down because I liked the original so much mm-hmm. and I didn't think it lived up to the original. Okay. Maybe it's also, I just don't like Tom Cruise very much. Maybe. Uh, but other than that, I've loved pretty much everything he's ever released. Directed. Yeah. Does that apply to the movie we're talking about today? <laughs> we're going to talk about that. I guys. Well, I, I I'm going to take a guess. On 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 you guys. All right, and you, you take, can a, take guess. a guess on me, based on just the few podcasts we've done with Trent. I'm gonna say he loved this movie because he was bragging on on and on and on about the action sequences in Pacific Rim, and the action sequences in this movie blow those away, in my humble opinion. Matt's gonna Franken kaiju. Matt over here is gonna say. I liked this movie. I have some issues with this movie, <laughs> but I like it. I really loved the soundtrack, though. The soundtrack had me. Soundtrack didn't have me. I thought it was the most... Well, no, the soundtrack, like the songs they used was, was great. But yeah, like that's what the, I'm talking about. Yeah, okay, but the, the score... The 80s songs. Yeah, but the score was like... I don't remember it. Right, it was like so... And I love Alan Silvestri, I, which... But it was just fucking boring. Like there's... I just it, hardly it sounded like noticed he, it. Everything I noticed sounded like he ripped it right out of Back to the Future. And I understand this movie is like mm-hmm. a big reference to pop culture and all that and things that have come before. And but it's it, the same guy. And it is the same guy, but it felt like he just kind of riffed on that main theme a lot. Hmm. Um, yeah, I have some issues with this movie. There's some issues with this movie. Actually, I, I take it back. I did notice the score in one scene, and it was the final scene where he's in uh, the, like, Room, oh, how the redesigned mm, room, yeah. uh, and it's going back and forth between that and the real world mm. where uh, our villain is coming through the crowd with his gun and it's playing the same theme. And it's just like a happy theme. And I thought it was we- kind of weird because we're going to this really dark moment mm. and then the happy moment and it's the same joyous song. But I, I liked the music there. But mm. other than that, yeah, it just didn't really catch me yeah. if you can. So, our guess for uh. you. Our guess for you, I don't. I'm gonna say, you also really liked it. I mean, I, there are obviously flaws with the movie, so I think you'll have problems. But ultimately, I think you enjoyed it. I'm gonna say you liked this movie. You didn't love this movie, and maybe one of your biggest issues was uh, rewatchability and the fact that like the story is not. There's not a lot to it. And we will talk more about that. <laughs> take my last drink of water before saying you guys are wrong dead wrong because i loved this movie ah. i also considered that to be a, a, fa- a possibility all right well uh out of all like you know the just 
fun popcorn flicks of the past few years. This one was just super fun, and I took no issue with it. Mm. Then are you ready and prepared for the greatest popcorn movie of 2018 that is yet to come? You know I'm talking about Rampage. <laughs> <laughs> George! <laughs> and I watch that trailer just like, it's fucking dumb, but let's see it. Let's like, see it. It looks fun. It does look fun. You know, every time I see the the beginning, the first few times I saw it, I, I could have never guessed it was Rampage because it's like, it's so different than the game. It starts out with, you know, The Rock, and he's this calm-spoken uh, zoologist and this <laughs> gorilla, and it just... <laughs> that it deforms into an action. Yeah, like... the last thing I see in the trailer before closing my eyes is the comet coming down. I'm like, oh, what? Okay. A comet coming down? I didn't see Did that. Did you miss that? I must have missed it. They actually showed the I'm assuming the fucking, that's how it The trailer transforms. this time gave away almost the entire fucking movie. Oh, like, no. to me, like... It showed the comet yeah. coming down. It showed what was inside it. It showed the how how George got in, infected oh, per se. Interesting. Yeah. So, but it does it show Lizzie or what was the other one? The it wolf does. creature. Yeah, it does. And the wolf has wings. Oh, dear God. Hmm. It sounds fun. I suppose. It can't be worse than uh, Pacific Rim Uprising. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who knows? I guess we'll see it, but at least it's aware that it's how stupid it is. I think I got that from the trailer. Yeah. So, all right. So this one, um, did anybody have any expectations going in? Yes. Oh uh, yeah. Tell me. Well, cool. Cause you know, I don't watch trailers, but I take my headphones in and I uh, close my eyes. But every time I'd see this, it starts off the trailer in the stacks <clears throat> yeah and i'm i i knew the knew the title knew the concept but the trailer always felt so different than what i had envisioned in my mind when i heard ready player one and so i guess i would have just got the stacks it would show you the people in the lab or the war room yeah. all these uh i o i o i and I guess it just, it kind of looked just not like anything I'd be into. Yeah. Just, I, I don't, I know what I, I guess it just looks kind of like the, the post-apocalyptic trend with the, the, the teenage post-apocalyptic uh, movies that Hunger we Games have right now. Hunger maybe, Games, yeah. Divergent thing. And so that's what I thought it was going to be based on that, those first few clips. And then I also heard that they just crammed all the, pop culture icon yeah every, every single icon they had for this movie in the trailer and so that just made me think mm -hmm. this is probably going to be terrible <laughs> everybody <laughs> except for any disney character <laughs> yeah. they uh, got the re they got to reference star wars and <laughs> that yeah. was it it's interesting after that they drew the line until i heard that it was being real well received at the premiere yeah hmm. and then you got expectations and then i my expectations went up yeah, I mean, I had read the book a few years prior. I can't remember exactly when, but probably my guess is like two years prior to the, when the trailers had come out. Um, and the trailers just appeared to be showing off all the new like licenses that they'd be boasting as Easter eggs. So I kind of got the, I got flashbacks to like Wreck-It Ralph, where like that was kind of what excited people in like the geek community. It was like all the video game references. So I was like, oh, okay, cool. It's just gonna be that, you know. But on it and. But with this kind of story, so I was like, okay, I'm fascinated. 
but ultimately I'm not sure how, how well the book will translate to a movie format, which of course I'll get more into later. Um, but ultimately, yeah, yeah, same as you ever, once I heard that it was getting well received, I got really excited, especially at the prospect of the fact that it is a Spielberg movie and I've mm-hmm. really enjoyed, you know, his blockbusters in the past. So yeah, I'd say I was expecting a really enjoyable time. I I saw the trailer uh the first first one like maybe a year ago wow yeah i think it was about a year ago because it was around the time of logan it may have been with logan hmm. and uh i watched it and i didn't understand what i was watching but afterwards i was like what the fuck i was like did we just like pay the video game developers to do our fucking cgi like this looks because it didn't give you any story it was just like Flat, it was just flashes of it, right? And like telling you that this was a different world and that the world people had to escape this world or something like that. And I didn't understand it was a video game thing at all. Mm-hmm. So I was like, God, like I looked over at Kid, I was like, that fucking CGI is terrible. Like, what's <laughs> somebody needs to fix that? But thankfully, like, I understand that what they did. I'm glad that they took the CGI in the route that they did. They didn't try to cross the uncanny valley, they made it a very stark difference. So, does anybody have any suggestions for, like, what the knockoff titles for this movie are going to be? Because, like, it could be, like, Ready, Set, Ready, Set, Egg Hunt, or, like, Easter Egg, the movie. Um, <laughs> what? Do you really think that's going to happen? They make knockoff movies. Like, there's Transmorphers in the bargain bins at Walmart that are a ripoff of Transformers. Okay? Asylum from Canada does this shit all the time. There's, there's one I saw in our local video store that was called Independence Day, but with a TS instead yeah. of a CE. Or there's a Guardians <laughs> film, but it's not Guardians of the Galaxy. It's just called The Guardians, and it's like, a, I don't know, there's a big fucking bear in it. It's from Russia. So these things happen. And I, I, thought, I thought maybe you guys might have some. Oh, I nope. Have, I have no, no. idea. No. <laughs> My brain just... But your, nice try. Your examples, I think, are are pretty on point. Because they took you think... about two seconds to come up with. Yeah. I can't see a copy of some, this happening. There's just it, it relies so heavily on the licenses, mm. which... Everybody's in knockoff. <laughs> like <laughs> we have Batman. Well, <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. We couldn't get the Justice League, but we got the Tick characters. <laughs> and here's the Powerpuff Girls. Oh. The Copper Large Man. Ah, there we go. Mm. So this movie opens, and we are in. We get a Blade Runner style opening, theatrical Blade Runner, right? of like an outpouring of like 10 minutes of fucking information that's just mm-hmm. like Black Panther did this and handled it so well and it did not feel like it didn't feel like yeah. work but this felt like you better catch all this shit and you better be pay, paying attention to all the shit going on because like the very opening of the movie they also show you that uh was his name Dido so this is his name uh well it shows him getting the gundam glove mm-hmm. in the opening of the movie that pays off in the third act which i thought was really nice mm-hmm. when they're talking about the artifacts and stuff but like i mean that just 10 minute narration is just like whoa. I, didn't, I didn't mind it so much here is where me having read the novel is useful in this discussion because i think as i had just stated i was con- concerned about how the the adaptation process would go considering like how much time is spent just giving you information about the world and the book 
So I was like, eh, I don't know how well that's going to translate. Luckily, they were very forward uh, and very clear when talking about the movie that this wasn't an adaptation. This was merely a movie inspired by the book. So I wasn't, yeah, yeah, like I wasn't expecting. I went in knowing that it would not be like the book, and that you know things would be different. But ultimately, one thing that did suffer, you know, obviously, is that just even just using this world and trying to tell you about it, it's so rich in a way that like trying to set you up give you all the information you need to even just understand what's happening in front of your eyes. Like it, it's, there's a lot of information they need to cover. And I thought it was done pretty poorly. Cause like, even like while I was watching the movie, I'm like, okay, I've read this book and I'm having trouble keeping up. Cause like, I was trying to imagine, okay, say I haven't read the book, say I don't know any of this before. I was kind of like in that mindset, I was like, I'd be so confused right now. And I was wondering, I was like, are Matt and Everett like even following any of this? Cause like, no, I followed it. It was just a lot. They're throwing like, all kinds of stuff at you they're like using the terminology they'll be like us gunters are doing this stuff i'm like are you gonna explain what gunter means and then like five minutes later, like oh by the way gunters is egg hunter and i'm like oh okay finally you got around oh, i to guess i didn't that. notice it the first time because they, they're throwing out all this terminology and sometimes they'll pause and be like by the way this thing actually means this so like they'll they'll use the terminology or talk about things before explaining it so that was yeah. the thing that was confusing hmm. for me i'm like if i hadn't read the book i don't think any of this stuff would have like I don't think I would have picked up on any of it. I don't it. think I had a problem with it. I, pick, well, I picked good. it up. Like I'm I mean, smart. Yeah, I I picked yeah. it up as well. That's good. Well, I was. It was just it was just a lot. Like it was a lot of exposition. It, it was, was a, a lot of exposition, exposition and they also like. I like movies where you see different characters and you form opinions on characters. Well, we meet um, Nolan right. Mm-hmm. The first time we see him, like in the narration, he's like, "Oh, he's a dickweed." Like. Throw back to Terminator, right? Uh, Terminator Two, but uh, which we get one later. Uh, <laughs> but he tells you that, and it's like, well, don't tell me, fucking show me. Like I don't, mm-hmm. I don't need a, I don't need your opinion. Like that's my job as an audience mm-hmm. member. Yeah. I like to form my opinion, and that's kind of like you know they're just using. You know. But it's kind of like we've only got so much time. Here we go. <laughs> right. Um, and I don't think it's even that like they thought they couldn't show that through just like the visual medium. It's more like just that they're like, okay, this is a book. Let's throw in some of the book narration, you know, to kind of like have the same experience. So th- that's just one of those things where like the, the the translation from book to movie is kind of a, you can tell it's a book adaptation when mm-hmm. you're watching it, like because it's got that narration that wouldn't really be in any other kind of movie. Um, luckily, that mostly disappeared after. The opening from my imagining like it, it would show up every now and then but it was right. and it the wasn't main that change uh from what i heard you say is the the book is based in the 80s no no it just that most of the references were focused on the 80s i wouldn't say that necessarily oh. changed it's just that the, a lot of the licenses they sh- they showed up as easter eggs weren't limited to just like 80s pop culture it's like you had tracer from overwatch and stuff like that right. like more modern stuff minecraft in the very first shot of the movie uh-huh. yeah, it's like but, okay. but but it's still it was stayed pretty true to like the because the, it was holidays like childhood oh, obviously oh, okay like, yeah, yeah 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 i guess i didn't really think about it being holidays world but yeah right. that makes sense because real the like i was talking to, about matt earlier the soundtrack it kicks off with jump yeah, and just, ends just with like Hall and Oates, like, uh, yeah. so it's the whole soundtrack is '80s songs, right? Got some new. But after what? Oh, good stuff. After watching it, no, that's not the biggest change. The biggest change is literally how the the Easter egg game functions. Is that um, in the book? Wait, 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 don't talk about it yet. Don't talk about it yet. Not we'll yet. Get, we'll let, get to we'll that. Get that. We'll get there. <laughs> okay. I I didn't read the book, but like I will tell you one of the biggest changes. And one of the I, one, something I found really interesting when I was just looking around. And Trent, if you want to say it, you can. Where are we whenever the book opens? 
uh, from my memory, 2044? No, no. no. F- physically, where are Physic- we? Oh, Oklahoma City. Oklahoma yes. City. Whoa. Oklahoma City. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It opens up like this movie is a bit too fucking convenient for me. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> okay? No. Because, like, <laughs> because you have a world, an online world that is everywhere. Mm-hmm. And every people from all over the globe can access it, but yet your five main characters that don't know each other in real life happen to live within like a yeah, ten mile square no, radius. Trust me. Oh, it's, so you did miss something in the opening? Maybe I did. The, he mentions uh, Columbus, Ohio, is the fastest growing city. Yes. In the country. Oh, okay. I caught that, but in the book, so in the book. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Wade lives. In Oklahoma, in Oklahoma City. City, and everybody's spread out, and it's more realistic. Yeah, it, but they all so come much, together. There's so much stuff like that. Well, yeah, I took it as like most of the other country is in in uninhabitable. Uh, mm, I did or not. uninhabitable. So it's but one of those things where like it's totally different. But like, so if you're thinking like, okay, this doesn't make sense, following the book's timeline, mm-hmm. it makes sense following the movie's timeline because they're just so different. But it's one of those things where like. It set, feels very convenient in the movie. A like too convenient. It was written that way to make it much easier <laughs> yeah, to portray and on I get screen. It, I get yeah, it, so I like, get it. So that's something that annoyed me constantly throughout the movie because there's so much of that. There's so much of that. And yeah. I'll, we can get into that later because tr- this is going to be a long conversation because there's so much of this movie. But we also don't know how far his squad drove from. Him and Artemis just happen to live close. Oh man, I just <laughs> I don't know. I bet those things. I bet that that postal van gets some mileage. I bet it fucking does too. <laughs> um, uh, I don't even know where to start with this. So, so we see we see the stacks. We see right, mm-hmm. and everything's like toned down. Like it felt like all the color in the world zapped yeah, out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I liked that. I like. I mean, it made it made the Oasis much more visually stunning and interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so it doesn't mean anything to he- anybody here but me. But as he's climbing down the stacks, when he gets to the bottom, right, he talks to that lady. Mm-hmm. She makes a quip about like uh, being grounded or something like that, right? Uh, I guess I must have forgotten. She's flower. She's she's working on her fucking garden. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that is Julia from Hellraiser, and I haven't seen her in a movie, and I can't tell you in. And I was just like. What the fuck are you doing in Ready Player One? <laughs> like, Interesting. It's an Easter egg. <laughs> it is an Easter egg. <laughs> That's funny. Um, so we see him, and he has this little. Ah, I wondered how his little bunker came to be. Yeah. Yeah, I was wondering that too. Like, I mean, did he just go crawling through and just like, hey, here's a van? Like, I mean, <laughs> I know for sure that they talk about that in the book. I just can't remember the details. Yeah. I mean, th- this is the kind of thing where, like, the pace of the book. I mean, I don't remember it being longer than like 400 pages, but it stops to smell the roses and talk about literally every detail. So like, it's a very rich experience. Mm. So, I mean, that's the thing. Like, I think I'm going to say this right off the bat, because this is just going to kind of clarify where I stand on everything. We're at 30 here. minutes, so not really right off the bat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Before we get into the real meat of the, the discussion, it's that you have Ready Player One, the movie, and you have Ready Player One, the book. The movie does not replace the book. The book does not replace the movie. Oh, yeah. If you enjoy the movie, read the book. If you enjoy the book, watch the movie. It's like it's not one of those things. Well, I'll just, I'll just watch the movie, and I won't have yeah. to read the book. If you, you won't get the full experience of the world at least if you just watch the movie because there just isn't enough time to explain the details. And it's like it's almost a different world entirely anyway. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So 
it just I, th- I don't think I've ever felt that way with any other adaptation granted I rarely have the experience where I've read the book and I watched the movie later I'm sure there's other examples especially with Steven Spielberg because he seems to have a history of doing this kind of thing uh, Jurassic Park Jurassic comes to Park. mind yeah. yeah but that that's, that's my ultimate opinion yeah, here sure. is that the movie does what it does to function as a movie and the book does what it does to be a really interesting novel so it's like if yeah. you enjoy reading novels read this novel and if you enjoy watching Spielberg movies, you'll probably like this movie. <laughs> I mean, so it, it, yeah, it cuts a lot of corners, but it's almost a necessary uh, function, I think, for right. it to flow as a film and not be constantly shutting or slamming on the brakes to explain things. So. Right. Uh, yeah, I, I can see that. So we get into the we get into the Oasis for the first time, and it is a sight to see. Indeed. Yes. Oh yeah, I was pleased. Awesome. Now, was it off-putting to you that it looked so video gamey? Because, like, I've read people online like they were put off by that. Are we talking about the introduction or when he goes in? We're just talking about the look of it, just the graphics. Period. Okay, yeah, I, d- I didn't necessarily. I, the only thing I was gonna say was when we first start going through it, uh-huh. I got kind of uh, reverse car sick. Oh, really? Because we're, like, twisting and turning and flying through this world. And I was like, whoa, okay, okay. I got to remind my brain here that I I am... I am sitting I am sitting in a chair. Mm -hmm. Because I I was getting sick for a second. But uh, the the CGI look was fine to me. Yeah. I I mean, it it was kind of like Pacific Rim where Mm -hmm. I was like, this movie is toys smashing against each other. This is the CGI Mm -hmm. in this movie. I'm like... I'm in a video game world. This is going to look like a video mm. game. Yeah. Um, for me, I, I originally seeing the trailers and like noticing kind of like the divide between the stuff in the Oasis and the stuff out of the Oasis was like kind of weird. Cause like reading the book, you kind of just imagine that the Oasis is just, it looks like reality just with all this crazy stuff happening. Obviously I think it was a really smart decision for them to go the route they did with the movie because having it look like a basically an animated movie in the Oasis makes all none of the crazy stuff stand out because mm-hmm. it's just a part of that world like you don't the divide isn't apparent when you're in the Oasis because it's not a it's not a clash of live action and CGI it just is CGI so it's like you have a live action movie one second when you're out of the Oasis yeah. and you have an animated film another whenever you're in the Oasis so I was like okay it's great that they actually practically made an animated movie within a live action movie yeah the only time I thought uh wow that looks really real which it might have been I don't I'm not sure was the DeLorean when he's Mm. his uh avatar is getting into the DeLorean on the racetrack I'm sure it was animated but but I I think a technology that exists and I'm sure like a lot of motion capture is used to animate the people that went oh yeah no oh yeah it's all motion capture Yeah. Yeah. yeah Um, I read that the actress Olivia Cook did like so many weeks for that disco scene. Oh training. my gosh! <laughs> Something we're talking about the animation. Uh, so this film is over seventy-five percent animation, meaning that it could be entered into the Oscars mm. for animation. Interesting. And I think it could win because it's. I actually think the CGI is fantastic. I like while I was watching, I was like, I think this is one of the best-looking animated films I've ever seen. Because like, uh, yeah, great. I guess it'll have to go up against The Incredibles. Yeah, I, I mean, and usually Pixar takes it. Yeah, right. I just like, I, I you know, I, I play a lot of video games, and I like, you don't really think CGI when you're playing video games. You just think video games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like, you can watch cutscenes and be like, this looks fantastic. It looks looks photorealistic, but obviously it doesn't. Um, so watching a movie that almost feels like a, a video game cutscene, 
like comparing it to video game cutscenes, it was like this looks fantastic. Like if I were playing a video game and it looked like this, mm-hmm. like I'd, my eyes would be popping out of my head. It's like <laughs> it it's really visually stunning in my opinion, especially when it's in motion with the action. It's just wow. So we go through the world, right? We 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 get into the oasis, and our first thing is like, and this is something that didn't quite make a lot of sense to me we get the whole bit about holiday and his partner that's separated right and then suddenly five years after nothing uh a portal opens up mm-hmm. but somebody opened it up somebody found a clue that opened the portal they say that and in my mind that was like there was something there like there could have been that could have been expanded on like was it a random gunter or, or was it like in my mind it was okay here here i'm just gonna spell it like in my mind it was simon pegg's character the partner right and the partner at the end of the film was gonna be the bad guy like nolan was gonna be working for him and we were gonna figure out this whole time that he was the bad guy i was (laughs) waiting for that the entire fucking movie i was like you're the bad guy you got to be the bad guy like and that's why Oh, five years, nobody's done it. Like, let's get shit moving. Let me open up this portal. You know, I don't mm. know. So I had mm. already written the ending. In my mind, I was like, that's going to be the fucking twist. It was not. It's not. And nice. if it, if it would have gone that direction, it would have been totally different than the book. It would have been totally different. But, <laughs> but I mean, again, that that's not really a problem because obviously yeah, like, the movie is what it is. Uh, so we get the race. What did you guys think about the race? This was the moment I was like, <laughs> all right, this is an awesome movie. <laughs> because yeah, no. it was just... I was immediately thinking about Trent and his discussion on Pacific Rim and thinking, this is one of the best CGI action scenes I think I've ever seen. I uh-huh. agree with you. It was like a roller coaster ride. I, just the, it, seriously, the, I can't imagine the collective fanboy jizz and <laughs> fangirl squirt because equality <laughs> just, just filled in the, theater for the first time this this showed see like if you were if we would have been in the proper place like la or something like it would have just like it or it would or san francisco just formed like a bubble above us <laughs> and we'd have been like all hell the glow cloud <laughs> wow it was awesome i couldn't I, close my mouth during this scene. right it was just <laughs> you better if there's a fucking cloud of juice <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, but that's your thing there's nothing whatever. i could do about it my mouth was agape Oh, it was just so fun. It was so good. I, I, I was expecting it to kind of be like just cheesy, but I got like whiplash. I was like, oh, I'm like holding on to my seat. Uh, like... Yeah. The, I mean, once King Kong starts chasing him and s- slamming his fist mm. on the street, I was, mm. uh, it was intense. And I liked the use of the uh, Akira or Akira bike mm-hmm. that the Artemis rides during the race. That's awesome. I called it that H was a fucking girl right there in that scene it's, i knew it was gonna be something i was expecting him to just be really short uh no i was like, like, I was like that's person. a girl that's a girl because the voice was so yeah. modulated whereas uh yeah. parzival's was not they make it really obvious in the movie they play it off as a huge <clears throat> plot twist in the novel and actually a lot of people have a problem with the way it's handled in the novel i don't i mean I, when i read it i didn't take it that way but it's kind of weird in the, the novel like she's she's a opt- obese i was like, gonna say there's a lady. whole subplot that all all these my all of our main characters are not pretty people they're they're obese and like they're all dealing with separate like weight and other physical issues yeah mm-hmm. I, and i i honestly loved all the cast did you yeah likable <laughs> uh this is my 
for sure my new favorite uh, movie with Ty Sheridan wearing a visor for the whole time. I, well, I was like, I was like, this. I was like, this has got to be like a repeat for him. Well, is he the... for, he's Cyclops in X Men Apocalypse, oh. and he's like Cyclops in Dark Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So maybe that one will, if that one's any good, it'll overtake this one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't hold your breath. <laughs> no, I, I was pleased with how they represented I'm the characters not. in the movie. Um, mm-hmm. There is some silly, there's silly stuff in the novel and there's silly stuff in the movie. So, I mean, it's not really like if stuff feels weird and or like kind of dumb here, it's probably dumb in the novel too. And uh, when I was <laughs> watching, when we finally see Olivia Cook's character, Samantha, I was staring at her thinking, what have I seen you in? Bates Motel. What? I've never watched Bates Motel. I Me, Earl, and the what Dying Girl. What have I seen you in? And I've never seen that either. And finally... <laughs> hold on, let's take one other guess. <laughs> Let me look. Hold on. Yeah, there's no need for you to go through it, because my finally, once I went through the IMDb, I was like, oh, I've never seen her in anything. I think she looks like Helena Bonham Carter. I can kind of see that. Like, yeah, she was in Ouija. They look, they do you think they look, they look like? very similar. They do. You have to put up, put their faces next to each other. Interesting. They they uh, they did really creative things with H's character. That's the friend of our mm-hmm. lead. Um, I liked his unique character design in the movie. Like how he's this like cyborg. Because in the Orcs. book, I'm pretty sure he's just an ordinary white guy, which is kind of the where the controversy comes from that this black girl is wanting to play as a white guy in the game. Because <laughs> like I guess her mom. It has something to do with like her backstory and her mom or something. Like that. And people are like, why? This doesn't make sense. Like this is weird. But it's they. I liked how they actually handled her character in the movie more than they did in the book. So that's such an example where it's an, it seems like an improvement. Yeah. Well, like they they kind of just like do a joke like, it whenever you first run into the real life person, and right. then it's just like yeah. whatever. <laughs> and really good performance too by that actor. I thought. Yeah. Yeah. No. No. Um, yeah. And on I do you have something? To say? You go ahead. Okay. Yeah. I want to say on the note of H, uh, because. That character was hilarious. Yeah, no. This movie had a bunch of comedy that <laughs> all hit for me. Did it? I it mostly hit for me. I, I mean, think. where we have the... I don't know what the character was, but Artemis, when she tricks him and pulls him out Goro. of the crowd. It was Goro from Mortal Kombat. Was it Kombat? Goro? Yes. Okay, I guess I just don't recognize him because <laughs> I haven't played... I thought it was like a Warcraft a, character or something. Games. Uh, I mean, alien the alien chess yeah, version. Boom! I was like, yeah, that, yes! was great. that was great. <laughs> oh, I loved that. Um, but T.J. Miller's character <laughs> had me rolling. He was great, and also another movie exclusive, like great addition to the story. Oh, He's awesome! Yeah, yeah well, just the <laughs> fact he he comes on the scene. We're having our villains meet each other, and we're like, but, "Oh, this guy looks." scary and ominous and then tj miller's goofy ass <laughs> like, voice comes yeah. out a huge surprise to me i'm just like yeah, he looked like fucking uh, castle grayskull walking around <laughs> like i was like kind of like okay you're gonna sound really menacing or you're gonna be like fucking skeletor like yeah. <laughs> it was fantastic it was it was perfect and, and just, just about all of his lines all of his like, lines were hilarious yeah. it's fantastic um i liked i liked back to the race I liked the race. I liked seeing it. Um, I like seeing the ridiculousness of it. The, the devil may care attitude that goes with a lot of these MMO kind of games being present. Like it was just very mm. much like cutthroat. I liked that. Uh, what I liked more was whenever, which we'll talk about the museum, but whenever uh, Parzival figures it out and goes backwards and you see the inner workings of a video game. Cause I mean, 
Like yeah. if you've ever mm-hmm. put if you've ever been in a game and put it into the dev mode, like you can see all the shit where like you know you have enemies that are just waiting three hundred feet above to just be dropped down, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. and it's just so cool. And it was like seeing that brought to life in a way, and I liked that a lot. Yeah, it was cool. Mm. Um, but the museum, so. Hol- uh, holiday holiday, yeah. ha- holiday. <laughs> i know it's, it's let's go on a holiday <laughs> <laughs> i need a holiday um so holiday recorded almost his entire life right all the information and has the coolest diary yes. ever i mm. want that thing well maybe not some stuff i wouldn't want i was gonna say but we'll see <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he skipped many stuff himself. I, maybe, maybe not. You never know. You <laughs> never know. Um, but I loved, I loved the concept of that. Yeah, it's mm. cool. I don't remember if that's in the book or not. It could be. And I suspected the G's character, right, mm. was going to be Nolan. Interesting. I just assumed he was an AI. No, I was like, well, I mean, yes and no. Did you take it as that was what we were supposed to believe it to be? I took it as somebody. It was somebody's job. Oh, okay. Hmm. And uh, hmm. I thought maybe it was Nolan. I didn't. I just thought it was a fun character. <laughs> it was a fun character. I liked him. I liked him very yeah. much. Um, but I, I loved the idea of the museum and like this is how they get clues. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> like, I mean, how, seeing Halliday doing mundane things like cleaning up and having important discussions mm. and stuff is different mm-hmm. than like your typical like your jobs movies where everything's takes pl- everything takes place in like some super fancy high rise and mm. whatnot so it's kind of different like, which i think mark Rylance's performance was the best in the movie it was Dude. really good yeah i don't know why i he had so much heart right he did have yeah a lot of he heart. had a lot of heart and just his character was so sad yeah, Off sad beat, and kind of yeah. uh, not cognormative, and so I, I don't know. I liked the way he, he right, portrayed the really character. Good. I did too. I really want to talk about because you keep talking about the details of like the library and like the oh. Easter egg, or kind of the the challenge, if you will, getting through the first gate. Tell I me, really want to talk about how it's so different from the book. So now you I, go by challenge by challenge. Sure. Can you do that? Like, yes. like right now we're at the first challenge. So we're at the first challenge. So right away I, w- I will say that the, the way that the, the Gunter community is presented in the movie, mm-hmm. um, it just it doesn't really make a lot of sense because you have, you know, the idea is that Halliday had this all this pop culture that he consumed growing up that he's obsessed with and like all the Easter eggs are um, following in line with the things he loved. Mm-hmm. So like if you're a Gunter, your job is to like study page by page, you know, in between each line of his whole life and everything he loved and all the things that he consumed. Your job is basically to consume everything he consumed and know that each product, like, inside and out. So, like, that's commonplace for a gunter. Everybody has done that. The the So any anyone who's wanting to get, like, the trillion dollars or whatever is going through all this media back, like, making sure they know it, like, the back of their hand. Mm-hmm. So I didn't really buy it that it seems like nobody has done this. And that our protagonist is the only one that's done his homework. Is the only one that could ever think, or that's the only one that's gone through the library and heard him, you know, throughout these hints, very obvious hints, by the way, and like how to do this, like in all these years. So like, because the way it's presented in the book is that the, the challenges are much more obscure. So the first Easter egg in the book is that you've like 
So actually, okay, this is actually an important detail to talk about too, because in the movie, the Oasis is more a straightforward video game. In the book, it's like a whole world. It's not just a video game. You don't go there just to like play the game. They engage in school in the Oasis. So like already our character is engaged in the Oasis every day. That's why he's going there every day is just to go to school. Well, they talk about that. Do they? Yeah, they mention because when uh, he, uh, God, well, I keep forgetting everybody's names. What's the bad guy? Uh, Nolan. Nolan is uh, trying to convince him to uh, join his team. Mm. He says, uh, we're going to change the schools to yeah. uh, the schools from... from yeah. From Ferris Bueller and yeah, Breakfast Yeah, Club. Ferris Bueller and uh, Breakfast Club. Right. Um, but, I mean, it, the school is a it's a central part of the story in the, the book, and that's where, like, he knows H and everything. But the idea is the first uh, Easter egg is it just so happens to be on his school grounds. So, like, just in the field it's just like yeah it's invisible like not there's no clue there or anything like he just like finds it because hmm. like you find some clue like when studying hardcore uh and like it's an underground labyrinth with like a certain skeletor like character and he basically has to play multiplayer like a versus mode of some arcade game <laughs> uh with that that skeleton guy and like he's super good at the game so basically is it joust is that the joust one maybe maybe okay yeah uh so basically you have to win against him to win the easter egg but the, the easter egg part of it is the fact that it's just in a random field like there's no clue so like the idea is that nobody would find this like it's just pure happenstance well i felt like the the racetrack was like you had this very clear hint just in the library which is available to everyone and the fact that nobody has picked up on this hint and tried this and like the years that's been open that I was like okay that's kind of weird but it, it works whatever i mean they talked about that everybody that the library was crazy for the first few years but eventually whenever no clues were being found and people weren't able to figure stuff out they mm, gave up going right. to the library and that's why it's so empty now whenever Parzival visits yeah and I think also Parzival didn't even notice it it took uh, Artemis to make him look mm-hmm. for that l- deep dive for that clue mm-hmm. um, but you're talking about all these people I'd say it's not so much that Parzival's the only one who's digging, digging so yeah. much it's He's a mixture. With... He's the one who's digging. He also is uh, just talented mm-hmm. and extremely mm-hmm. in this world. He does incredibly well. Right. Uh, and there's also chance to it. Right. And he also doesn't give up. Like, he, he doesn't stop. Whereas it seems like everybody else is just has put their laser focus on the race mm-hmm. and not on right. the research. Yeah. Um so it, it works for what it is in the movie. It's just that it feels like a much larger struggle in the book where like things take a long time for progress to happen in the book and it's shown and it's presented and it feels like a slog. Mm-hmm. You know, where it's like, okay, we've gotten after beating the first challenge, we've got this riddle. It's like two years later until he completes another challenge. Cause you just, Oh wow. Like, I didn't realize he's, much. Just, he's just like festering over this riddle forever. And so is Artemis and nobody's getting clues. And then finally it comes out of nowhere. Uh, and like he finds it. So it's like, it's the, the, you feel the tediousness of this struggle well i feel like it's like he just gets the riddle and then like the next day he's like i know what this means and like solves it with no problem i remind me what the second uh, challenge is in the the movie in the movie it's the shining the shining that's right Fantastic. oh man like if you guys want to jump ahead and talk about that like i'm all for it but hold on like what did you guys think of artemis whenever we first met her like i mean it was obvious that this character this girl character we haven't seen any girl characters pulls up side <laughs> beside him looks at him is like okay like you're gonna be you're a you're something Mm -hmm. um 
did we really have any kind of opinion on her? Like, good or bad? Uh, not really. I guess I just wasn't ready yet. Yeah. I was like, I'll let the movie kind of give right. me more. I couldn't figure <clears throat> out, like, I couldn't figure out if she was going to be, like, somebody that was going to be on his side or just kind of like, I'm going to use you as a means to an mm-hmm. end. And did you pick um, up? On I, the fact I will that say that, um, once that like she got the key, and then everybody else, I'm like, okay, this is getting out of hand. Too many people are knowing about this secret. Yeah. But then I guess uh, they all become a team. So did you pick like, up on the fact that Artemis is supposed to be like a celebrity, like in yeah. the world? Yeah. Yeah. I kind of took it not like a huge person, but yeah, but she's know, very I, very active gunter. So like, there's the gunter community, um, and then like she's like at the top. Where like she's like t- giving hints and like she has a blog and she's writing about all this stuff while she's like doing her research and stuff. Or he says like I watch all her Twitch streams. Like that's kind of a modern like twist on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. stuff like that. So I'm like, okay, that's cool. That's well done. Um, but yeah, I mean, nah, I mean, she's a fun character. Uh, they go in totally different directions uh, mm-hmm. regarding what they do with her. I'll get into that later because <laughs> we're just gonna follow the timeline of the movie. I think. Yeah. Uh, so. The dancing comes before the second challenge or after the second challenge? Before. Is it before? I can't remember exactly. No, it's after because they know. It's before. Is it before? Yeah. Okay. It's before. It's before. It's before. Okay. I loved the whole dance thing. It's awesome. Yeah. Um, Something wasn't clear to me until I really started to think about it was... Uh, and maybe I don't know if it was clear to you guys or not, but it the the how and why um, Holiday and his partner Simon Pegg separated. Like everybody thought it was over the girl, but it wasn't over the girl. It was something it was something else, and kind of like in my like in my mind what I. And I don't know if it's right, but in my mind, it was that Halliday wanted the Oasis to be on and open 24-7 all the time. And I feel like his partner wanted uh, breaks or something. Or maybe, uh, like, you can play for so long, but you need to step outside once in a while. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I don't like, I guess. I, I, for some reason, when they showed that scene of after the party or whatever, um, and they're talking, I, I took it as that Simon Peck's character was wanting it to be, I guess that would fit wanting more rules. Yeah. Cause that's what he's saying. I'm, I don't want it many more rules. Yeah. Or something. Yeah. These, these are one of the, this is one of the more finer details. I don't remember exactly in the book. Um, I, what I do remember is that Simon Peck's character is more active throughout the whole story in the book and the sense that he's actually his like avatar at the party as the MC. Oh, okay. <laughs> so like, He's like, he's kind, he's of, kind of the next holiday that is active in the Oasis. Okay. Um, and I'm pretty sure, like, they end up talking throughout the story at some point, but I can't remember exactly, like, But it wasn't the, the big are. surprise. It wasn't, no. no. Okay. I, there, there was no butler robot or anything. There was no library like that. It was just, like, on you to, like, kind of research everything, like, in, huh. on your own. Um, uh, so I guess we go, I, I love the dance scene. Yeah. Yeah. Loved the dancing. Lo- like that's whenever I was fully into the movies. Whenever we mm, kick into the mm-hmm. dance scene and New Order starts playing, I was like, "Yep." I was like, "I'm here. <laughs> I'm like, this is it." I'm yeah, good. that's a great just idea that the anti gravity like dance floor. Yeah, and that that was really cool. And he's like, he's all about her. And I loved, I loved, loved, loved the throwback of Buckaroo bands. Like that's an, such a 
a cult film that not many people know it. Do you guys have you ever heard of no, Buckaroo Banzai? No, I've never Van heard Zai? of it. No. Oh, I, I fucking so. love Buckaroo Banzai. It's got uh, it's got Peter Weller, but it's also got oh god, what's his name? Um, John. He was in like Third Rock from the Sun. Lithgow. Mm. Yeah, John Lithgow. Like it's got him at it, and is it is like a almost like a wild Joker kind of villain. Mm-hmm. Ah, it's a lot. It's a lot of fun. Hmm. But it was so cool to see like that's what he chose. But he went through the thriller outfit too, and yeah, there was Prince yeah. for a minute. I was like, "Fuck yes!" Like no, this is cool. cool. This is fun. That's great. Um, did you think it was a little uncomfortable the her like making moves on him and stuff like that, like at the party? Like, no, I no. didn't find that uncomfortable. I was wondering what she was doing. Like it seemed like she was playing him. It yeah. was. That's why I was saying. Like I was. I kept thinking. I was like, "She's out for her fucking self." Mm-hmm. Um. And I mean, it seems like that is the case, uh, right. at least at that point in the yeah. story. And I, I, as far as I'm aware, it's the same in the book. Uh, I loved, I loved H's pep talk, like 300 pound dude in the basement named Chuck. Yeah. <laughs> Chuck. Yep. That's great. Um, so it was good. And then uh, they get attacked at the party. They get attacked and... So we have the chest burster, but you know what weapon fucking <laughs> Artemis whips out whenever uh, all the fucking... Oh. The alien pulse the, rifle. The IOI show up, the fucking pulse rifle. Mm-hmm. I was like, yes, another one. <laughs> um, yeah, that's great. Yeah. And I love the Zemeckis cube. Uh-huh. That was mm. cool because, I mean, like, that's so... It's very, very Did you meta. notice, like, the Back to the Future jingle, too, whenever he yeah. used it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that yeah. was great. Because I hear it, I'm like, what was that just now? And then he explains, like, what it was. Like, uh-huh. we just turned back a minute or whatever. I'm like, that's so funny. I love it that. It is. It's so cool. Um, <laughs> that was a great action sequence. It was. It was. It, we get the anti-gravity. Like, that was awesome. It was, was just like, really cool to look at. Yeah. Yeah. And it was interesting. They tried to. They're like, "Oh, leap not taken," and they try it. And like, of course, you know, it doesn't work like that. So just have some fun with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and we see we see uh, Harley Quinn from Arkham Knight, the mm-hmm. Arkham Knight version. Yeah. Later, we get the we get the uh, the Heath Ledger Joker. I didn't see that one. You didn't see that one. It's mm-hmm. uh, it's it's during the party scene. This is the one, going through this movie. At one point, I was like. There's no way any one person can know every single reference in this thing. Mm-mm. You're going to wait till it comes out on full. Blu-ray. Somebody's going to make like a 25-minute video on YouTube like, here's this. Mm-hmm. Pretty sure like IGN already put out like every Easter egg explained like literally the day after it came out. It's like they yeah, just got an I expert on. I don't think on. they'll catch them all. You don't That's think impossible. So? Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't think so. It's so full. <laughs> it is. It's Did you guys notice RoboCop at the very beginning of the movie? No. no. Yeah. RoboCop walked out. There was like, do you guys know what Hatchimals are? their little kids toy they walked out there was some fucking hello kitty hmm. uh spawn showed up at one point in this movie lots of microsoft presence got yeah, halo halo battle toads yeah. got the gears I, of war I, rifle I, yeah, at one point so i remember tapping matt because peewee's bike was on yeah the screen. <laughs> that was awesome yeah, i mean it even starts off with minecraft so it's obvious that microsoft threw some money oh uh, yeah for sure yeah. for sure it's because then you notice the lack of sony and then you're like it's like interesting <laughs> <clears throat> so you know what that brings up something that i meant to ask you guys before kind of but have you either of you seen tron uh the original mm-hmm. or yeah the, the original. i've seen legacy but it. it's been years okay well tron when it came out you know like it's about somebody that goes into a video game right and i mean it was amazing people were like when's the next one but like it wasn't it wasn't as big of a hit as that they wanted it to be and it was really expensive to make that kind of feels like this film like this feels like our generation's tron in a way Mm. and ironically the song that played 
as the theater did its fucking light show was from Tron. Whoa, really? Oh. Yeah. I was like, I know this song, and it's from Tron. I assume that's, that's coincidence, not irony. <laughs> I do not believe in coincidence. <laughs> but it, regarding the license, I guess now that I threw that out there, that is something I noticed that I felt like I was surprised at the lack of variety in the mm. licenses used that you saw a lot of repeats which is fine because it made it feel less cheap no. but at the same time you're like okay it's you can obviously tell who signed on for this and who didn't you have a lot of warner brothers presence you have well, some blizzard their film yeah is it really oh, yeah. right um i must have, i just don't pay attention to these things yeah it was warner's film i mean they had a, i mean i i didn't see any marvel characters that was about all that was missing was mm. disney and marvel did you see any like Sony stuff? Because you had a lot of Microsoft. Give me some of the Sony titles. Uh, I saw I saw Nathan Drake at one point. You did? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh well, I mean, he's just such a regular guy. I guess he kind of blends into the environment. He was he was during the during the end battle. Really? Yeah, I saw. So him I'm sure there's just loads of stuff I missed. So. Um, I thought I saw Kratos, but I'm not sure. Really? Yeah. But they just didn't get any of the close-ups that the Microsoft stuff. Not did. not really. No. Uh, so it's just you could obviously tell. Who, which companies were like, please, product placement kind of thing. And there was Mortal Kombat. There was a lot of Mortal Kombat, but there was probably an equal amount. Of, beyond the Goro moment, there was an equal amount of Street Fighter presence too, which mm. was interesting. Yeah, I didn't I didn't notice that. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Can't help but I haven't played. <laughs> yeah, he's all right. That's all right. That's all right. Um, so the second challenge. Mm. Oh, my fucking God. Like, That's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I was. I could feel it. I could feel your excitement. I wasn't even looking at you. <laughs> oh yeah, like I was like really doing it, and then they they cut in. So here's a funny story. This movie feels like okay. Steven Spielberg was very hesitant to use anything he had ever worked on for this film. Hmm. It took a lot of convincing from both the writer and the studio to be like, dude, it's okay. You can use like the DeLorean. People aren't going to think you're just like saying, hey, look what I did once upon a time. But Steven Spielberg's personality and personal life came about in this moment. He was making, uh, I want to say it was, uh, it was either he was working on, it couldn't have been Jaws. It had to be after Jaws. So maybe Close Encounters. Mm -hmm. At the same time, Stanley Kubrick was working in the studio next door on The Shining. <laughs> and they would play pranks on each other. And there was something uh I don't know I don't know exactly, but Steven Spielberg did something to do with the River of Blood tidal wave, right? Mm-hmm. And f- fucked it up. And Stanley Kubrick lost his mind and was about ready to murder Steven Spielberg at this point in time um and they put their their friendship was strained a little bit but eventually they came back uh but that's like steven swilberg's talked about it and, like one of the like funnest times in his career most fun times in his career was making making that film next door to stanley and having so much fun like it felt like it felt like being a kid again like hmm. playing a prank on your best friend and like even the long days were still good days and so this is in here in a way as a tribute to his friend. And that's why The Shining was used here. Awesome. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it was really well done. I haven't seen the movie, and even like I was terrified while I was watching that because I'm like, really, I was it, just like, oh, here comes this. I was like, in the in the, <laughs> well, I was like, the secrets in room two thirty seven. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, see, I, I I did go on like Reddit and stuff and kind of read some responses, and a lot of people were saying like, the, for the people that had seen The Shining during that moment, and the people that hadn't, there was a clear divide in the theater because you had the people that are terrified during that scene, you had the people that are laughing out loud because yeah. they know like when the audience is gonna be surprised. The yeah. second he H was like saw the little girls, I was like, no, don't go down <laughs> yeah. there. Like, <laughs> right and it was just it was so well done that even someone who had you know i had not seen the movie yeah and it, it was a thrill ride i loved it did it make you yeah. guys want to see the shining yeah, oh, yeah but it also i mean i've me wanted to see it for years it was in my netflix list for a long time and netflix pulled it well yeah. i still have no idea still what it's about because it. like all Good. i've seen is like the axe man you know in this creepy Here's hotel Shia. but now i'm seeing like elevator blood tidal wave like creepy that was, lady that's like one of the iconic moments i haven't that seen was that. the trailer that was really? the trailer it was like it would take you like on this long drive up to the hotel and then you'd see the elevator and go ding and it would slowly open and like all the blood report and it's like <laughs> the most insane. terrifying film you've ever seen that's insane because it was so it was, i mean it gave me chills i was like what in the world no yeah like everything in there was stuff I already like just knew from both watching the ABC version and yeah. the um, just seeing all the clips from years of watching top ten. Lists was the zombie lady? I thought that is that not something that just added? Like, no, yeah, that's that, real. That, that's that's in there. Holy crap! Well, that's... not not where she comes at him with a knife, uh, but like he hugs this really pretty girl and he's like mm. i'm gonna get sexy with you and then looks in the mirror and it's like you are falling the fuck apart and 80 years old well it was just really funny because h is like well it's just like going into so like, i guess so and yeah like it was very funny oh which yeah was a nice, which was a nice nod to the sexuality of the character that's touched on it was all. fun how it was changed like the all work and no play mm -hmm. sheets had that were made out of yeah, the key that you can cool. make it out a little mm. bit uh I don't know. It was one of the funner scenes in the movie, I thought. So, but I loved how they told the story. That like this is a creation that Stephen King oh, hates, yeah. <laughs> and the ABC version. The, I guess you've seen that's like his baby. That's his right. version because so, he worked on that one. Yeah, he wrote it like all the warts and all. So you want to hear what the second challenge is in the book? I do. It's actually not that different, except it's a different movie. It's war games. War games. Yeah. Um, oh, and I the, would have loved that. And the, would have. the idea is different. <laughs> So, like, they're going into a movie, yes, uh -huh. in the book, but the, the challenge is to recite the lines from the movie. So, like, you're in the movie, you're in, like, I think it's a Matthew Broderick's Yeah, it's Matthew role. Broderick. Uh, so, basically, like, you're, the protagonist, Wade, mm -hmm. is just Matthew Broderick, and it's his job to just have memorized the whole script and, like, do everything that Matthew Broderick's character has oh, done. Wow. So, it was, like, it was a really cool, memorable scene in the book, but actually, I was, while well, I was going through Reddit, people that compared the scenes said that the shining was way better and I'd, I'd probably agree that it's just it's so much fun in the movie that mm -hmm. it just doesn't really compare to him just like being like oh this line's coming and i'll say this yeah. <laughs> like oh i had to stand here like so i mean it's, it sounds more challenging in the book yeah but it's way more fun and a in bit the movie. more nerdy mm -hmm. yeah no for sure to know all the lines yeah because that's what i'm saying is like it feels the the easter eggs and the challenges feel way harder in the book to mm -hmm. the lines to the point where it's like you had to have memorized this whole entire movie you know you had to be able to beat this like master level creature at this super difficult arcade game like the the challenges are i know i know a line from war games do you one line <laughs> it's not matthew Broderick either it's the computer i've never seen it i don't even know what it oh, is oh really shall yeah. we play a game it's a good, <laughs> good movie interesting yeah um, so that that was one thing where i was like oh this is cool a new direction like because yeah. i was waiting i was like are they gonna do that like in the movie so 
it was interesting to see how they ended up doing it too, like in the ballroom and like jumping from one mm-hmm. body to another yeah. to Karen. And she meets her and I was like, I was like, how is this going to go? I was like, I guess you just got to make out with yeah, her. Yeah, that's what I was, <laughs> yeah, like, no, I was like, 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 uh, what? Yeah. It was very funny. Yeah, because I was like, because she was standing there, I was like, kiss her. And all I goes, was like, do it. <laughs> Sebastian the Grab comes out. <laughs> yeah. There's our Disney character for the movie. Yeah, there we go. Mm. Uh, and then we, so we get the second key here, right? Mm-hmm. And then, uh, is this the point? Let's see. He's at the resistance now, right? Well, the, the, um, the stacks get bombed yeah. because basically like, uh, Nolan is trying to buy Wade's character, and that is in line with yeah. the book. Uh, the same events happen, but the movie goes in a totally different direction once he gets picked up by the resistance because there's no resistance in the I book. I was gonna say, there's no resistance in the book, no, right? There's yeah. none of that. I mean, you don't see Artemis's face until like the last page of the book. So huh. like she, it was a very interesting decision for them to be like actually together in person for the majority of the movie, and I, I can't say it was bad. It just felt really convenient. <laughs> maybe yeah, he's technically already with the resistance when they're doing the shining thing. Okay, that's what I thought. Mm, because okay, uh, yeah. yeah, he because then he's the next one to get the key, and mm-hmm. Nolan's like he's still alive. Yeah, yeah. Um, I can't remember exactly. <laughs> that was a really good impression. <laughs> really? Wow. I can't remember exactly how the plot progresses after his uh, uh, the, the stacks get bombed, but I do know that um, I'm pretty sure he basically goes into hiding, and what he does is he goes into like the city, like probably in a different state. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, he goes to Columbus. Columbus does he? He does actually end up in Columbus. So he like basically he rents out in a, either a hotel room or an apartment, and like gets all this fancy equipment. And then shaves his head and then like works out every day to get super buff. And then like while he's doing all this Easter egg stuff in secret <laughs> in this apartment until eventually the IOI find him and break in his apartment and arrest him. And then he's basically in what Artemis's position is near the end of the movie where he's mm. working at the camp. And I don't remember how he escapes and everything, but it's just, it's totally different in the book. At this point, I'm like, they are taking a totally different direction. It's not just like, we're just changing some things. It's like, we're literally changing the plot. Mm. <laughs> so it was very interesting. So after the, th- after the second keys, found it's like we jump right into that third act mm-hmm. it's just like yeah no one's oh third key's been di- yeah third key's been discovered and it's by ioi like there's not really any i don't know like i would have liked a little bit more here of like yeah. how how did ioi find it exactly like mm-hmm. there was the clue about the fortress or whatever and i'm just assuming they went to every fortress i don't know uh, maybe yeah, I mean, yeah. It just seemed like... They've got their huge team. It would be very unrealistic if they couldn't figure out one of the situations. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure they don't in the book, but I, I honestly, like, it just happened so fast in the movie. I, can't I didn't mind it because most of these clues seem to help them with the challenge rather than finding the challenge. I guess the, the second one's kind of 50-50. The first yeah. one, it's all in one. Yeah. But this last one, it's almost like the clue makes you figure out the ending or how to complete the challenge not so much how to where to where it is yeah and we get a little bit more comedy with tj miller miller's character i rock his name is i rock like <laughs> how terrible of a person is this guy uh i kept thinking for part of the movie i thought that artemis might be in real life might be the assistant uh to nolan's character right it's like hmm. oh okay. 
was like maybe 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 and i i kept waiting for irock to be revealed as like that 300 pound guy in the basement named chuck <laughs> um or to be revealed as the assistant after mm. we figured out artemis was in that i was like maybe it's maybe it's yeah interesting speaking of the nolan uh nolan's assistant uh ever and matt uh i guess Blade Runner 2049. Did you get vibes? The, oh, the, fuck yeah. She looked just like uh, yeah. the, the assassin from Blade Runner. Tw- yeah, Blade Runner. She's not. <laughs> it just it totally gave me the that haircut, vibe. Yeah. yeah. And just like the, their their personality, like how aggressive they are. Like mm-hmm. this literally feels ripped out of Blade Runner. It's hilarious. We go straight to that third key and mm-hmm. Parzival puts up the, you know, his little camera and it's just like, hey, everybody come here. We got to save all this. We got to save the Oasis where this guy is going to take complete control of it. Mm-hmm. And everything shows up. And this <laughs> is where I got bored. Oh. The plot here is very much like a fetch quest kind of thing. Okay. Right. It just didn't have a lot of meat on the bones. There wasn't a lot of like... I didn't feel like we got a whole lot of character development. We didn't. <laughs> like it was more like everybody's kind of a like a cardboard cutout. Like this is your good guy. Mm-hmm. This is your sidekick good guy. You know what I mean? This is your female good guy. Mm-hmm. This is your maniacal evil bad guy. And you're absolutely not wrong. <laughs> it just felt like there wasn't a lot of character development. So like I don't know. Like I, I just feel I question the rewatchability of this film hmm. because I, I feel like the plot is so. It's just like A to B. Oh, it is. It is. And that's it. Well. I just don't think that's why you watch it. Maybe not, but like, the, I mean, and I yeah, watched. Yeah, probably not. Yeah, there's certain movies. Because they just totally gutted the plot. That's the point. They gutted it so they would have more time for the, the race Spectacle. scene and stuff like that. Like, And it's and it works for what it is. It's a really it fun I movie. I mean, it's a fun. I mean, like, I don't know. Like, I kinda, It's just like, that's why I'm saying it's like, you, you have the movie and you have the book. If you want the yeah. plot, you read the book. Yeah. If you want the spectacle, you watch the and movie. And you brought that up to, you put that on me at the beginning. I did, you said I did. I projected you, you onto you. Will, but I'm ready. Uh, Seth hasn't seen this yet. Seth from our older episodes uh, hasn't seen this movie yet. And Rest I'm ready to go see it with him this week. I, I, oh. I'd want to All see right. It well, I want to know what you think of it. Like, if it's if it ha- holds anything for you the second time mm. around, beyond finding Easter eggs, mm-hmm. beyond finding Nemo, beyond. Um, I just think. Well, see, there is an advantage to the fact that it's so different. Mm-hmm. Is that it was really fun to watch despite having read the book because it's like there's still surprises. Yeah, it's yeah. so different. I I just get bored with action scenes. Like, I mean, like I can do so much. Mm-hmm. But I get I liked the cutting between the real world and this and I because it felt like there were actually some stakes like whenever the aunt and her boyfriend were killed I was like okay I was mm-hmm. like there's some actual people could actually die to add an additional emotional weight to that and the book the flower lady is killed too oh really yeah so like it, the, the 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 stakes are more present yeah and then like you know the fact that he's going into hiding and everything like he's like he becomes like a ghost basically mm-hmm. like in his apartment like they. That was a really great part in the book, and I loved it because it goes into basically how like he's just a husk of a person, like going into the oasis. Like he like he has this routine where he's like eating and like exercising, and he's like talking to his AI assistant, like it's his only like source of like so- social like <laughs> time. Right. Yeah, no, so I it was a really great section of the book that I loved. I think it's probably my favorite because it it really got down to like 
the nitty gritty themes, like just like the reliance on the oasis <laughs> and the the importance of engaging in reality and like what you would look like if you spent all of your time never leaving your room and just being, you know, playing this game or whatever. Like it was so great and I loved it so much. And I was sad that the movie didn't do that, but it would have taken way too much time to do that. And it just right. wasn't that tone. The movie wasn't that tone. It wasn't it wasn't down to get serious. It was yeah. all about having fun. Yeah. I so. see that. But like I said, like, and I enjoyed, I enjoyed seeing all the characters. I loved seeing the Iron Giant. We just watched the Iron Giant not long ago. <laughs> seeing the Iron Giant jump on top of Mecha Godzilla. Yeah, I mean that, that was, was incredible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then a Gundam comes out of nowhere and cuts it up too. It's pretty cool. Um, I forgot to mention about mm-hmm. the apartment scene. So, um, the development of Artemis and Parzival's relationship in the book. She breaks up with him around the time that he goes into hiding. So not only is he like hiding out, doing all this stuff like in his apartment, but he's been dumped. Oh, <laughs> so man. adding on to his depression, like all this stuff, like their their relationship has more development and more meat in the book. Obviously, like so the it, book is more sepia toned. But it, yes, but no, because it's still a really fun time. It just has it 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 Different does go character. into those. It'll have like more highs and lows, you know. Like, well, I feel like the movie and this isn't a bad thing by the way is just like we're an upbeat you know movie and we're telling an upbeat story and i where it's kind of saturday morning cartoon and it's it is very much saturday morning cartoon like i'm ready for ready player one the series the cartoon series oh that'd be that'd be interesting i could be i mean i can see that happening Mm. they did it with tron oh yeah uh but regarding the action boring you um i'm kind of the same way depending on the way that's directed Mm -hmm. so like you referenced my love for the first Pacific Rim's action sequences. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I love about it, and um, what I love about it is the fact that it's so focused on, like, kind of leading your eye. So mm-hmm. it's like they spend a lot of time showing you the slow buildup of their moves and everything. And, like, you're following each action, and that keeps you engaged as a viewer. When things are happening too fast on the screen during, like, I don't know, Pacific Rim Uprising's action sequences, I get bored because I'm not necessarily paying attention to each detail on the screen. It's just like a mess of stuff happening on screen. Yeah, That's boring. Transformers. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the racing sequence in the beginning of the movie is fantastic because it is very much like you're paying attention to each detail because the camera is showing you each detail. The last action scene is more like we just have a mess of stuff going on on screen. So it's not nearly but it's as so interesting What me. blows my mind is just... It's not a Lord of the Rings where you can just copy and paste all these soldiers. Mm. Every individual character on this field is different. Yeah, no. Besides, like, the group of three Spartans. It was hardly... I mean, I didn't... It's not like I didn't like it, and it was still impressive. But it just wasn't as impressive as, like, the racing, because I, I just felt like I was just Oh, yeah, the, the racing was a funner thing. Well, besides the Mechagodzilla versus Iron Giant. No. Yeah, that was, cool. <laughs> that was, that was cool. cool. And, I mean, even just, like, the Gundam stuff, like, that was cool. Mm-hmm. I really, I really like that. I like the the Iron Giant bit, but um, I don't know. The rest of the action on the on the ground was pretty meh to me. Uh, mm. Probably my least favorite action sequence in the movie, compared to like the anti gravity shootout and the race scene. Yeah, and the, the anti gravity shootout was really cool. I Jeez, liked it. Like, it was just different. Yeah. This felt this felt like the ending of a Lord of the Rings film, which no, no nothing against those films. I just don't. I get bored after so long like the fucking fight scene and return of the king where there's the big elephant mammoth things you know what mm-hmm. i'm talking about right. seth would know seth's in the other room eating chick-fil-a <laughs> um but he could tell me exactly what that creature was um i think that, it was called an elephant an elephant i always I don't think, think of wrong. timothy elephant <laughs> ah 
I was thinking today I want to get that scene where uh, Sam is like, it's an Oliphant! And then cut, <laughs> and Timothy Oliphant is walking across the field. There you go. Mm. Uh, but yeah, it's just that, that action scene goes on for way too long, and this to me did. Like, I kind of, like, I started to kind of slowly check out of the movie until we got down to the uh, two parts of all, like, everybody had been zeroed out because... Mm-hmm. Uh, Nolan, Nolan used oh, that yeah, bomb. Yeah. Right. right. It's a total camper move. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> you didn't think it was compelling the way they, they'd cut back to like Artemis in the camp and like how she's kind of like using utilizing that. I did. And then the I intensity did. of him having to shoot her and then like go to the other thing. Like I thought that was all really compelling. Which, yeah, I mean, the intensity of him having to shoot her, which is right before they get to that part. Like that's where I kind of came back and he's like, you'll thank me for this later. Because I was like, shit, I was like, she's going to get found out. Like, how are they going to do this? And him shooting her was a very clever, very clever way. And so we get to the end and he's playing, he's doing the third challenge. What is the third challenge in the book? Honestly, I can't remember. Do you remember? Did you read up on it? I think, is that the Pac-Man one? I'm pulling up the Wikipedia article. Maybe we'll save it for the listeners to go read it for themselves. But I was actually underwhelmed by it in the movie for some reason unless it's totally the same in the book because i was like everybody knows about the easter egg adventure you may not know where to find it but you know of its existence so it kind of baffled me that nobody had tried to find it like when when utilizing that well at least on their team obviously it seemed like the 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 ioi team was the only ones that had really started uh tackling the the challenge because they were the ones to find it but just like no one on their team knew about the adventure Easter egg, which is like common knowledge about anyone that watches like a watch mojo top 10 list on YouTube oh, or something. Right. Like it just, it's common knowledge, like for anyone that's, that plays video games, period. So for me to be like, really? Nobody tried to just like check the secret room? Well, the redhead girl obviously wanted to. It looked like she just, she, she was thinking about it. She just didn't want to speak up, maybe. Uh, I thought she was just, it seemed like she was just like, because they were trying a list of games. Self-doubt. So she was like, adventure. Let's try adventure. She did, she's the one that pitched adventure. Yeah, right? but she was like, you could tell she was thinking about it already. It kept going to her face and she had like mm. a, a face about her. Like, I think I know, but I don't want to be yeah, wrong. Yeah, maybe. Okay. Um. So, I mean, it was effective. It just wasn't very believable because it's like. I, I was really surprised that the third challenge was just like, play the Atari. <laughs> yeah, it was, I liked it. It I liked was, it too. It was different. It was it quaint. Worked. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was. It was not what I was expecting. Which it was works. nice with him just yeah. explaining the, explaining what Halliday was doing to the entire world. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, that I was know. like pretty intimate. Um, Speaking of intimate, the conversation between him and Halliday whenever he does get the key. Like, yeah, whenever he does get the key and he gets through. Which, yeah. Before so, we get to that, hold on. Oh, okay. Him trying to get the goddamn key and like in the oh in the hole in the hole like it just like the sound effects they use just made me grip my teeth. I was like, oh, it's like somebody <laughs> like I like I can't stand listening to somebody brush their teeth. I can brush my own teeth. But I cannot stand next to you if you're going to brush your teeth because it hurts my Interesting. senses. Interesting. That's weird. And that's like... We just became you. <laughs> yeah, you did. Um, so the key sounded like reminding me of that for some reason. And I just kept... Oh, it just hurt. I mean, it was just frustrating to watch too because it's like he's about to grab it and it gets knocked away. Which also like kind of the physics of this world don't really make sense either. They're inconsistent basically because you have like the the um they just really don't make sense practically because you have like the um what would you say the uh the things you run on treadmill treadmill for like basic movement but then you see other people like the ioi people just like running around their office like while they're playing 
but then you ha- think of like the anti-gravity party like how is he controlling that he was just sitting down whenever he was playing that <laughs> you know he was right? i think wasn't he just sitting yeah, down he was sit- he was sitting yeah down. like while controlling his characters like what there's no consistency here like one second you're using the treadmill one second you're showing people just running around in the real world and one second he's just playing while he's sitting down maybe it's kind of options like you have the option to do this make a little maybe yeah, i can't remember that. the details about how it works well, in i the did book. take it as like with the minecraft in the world like there are different games you play which would have different controls, uh, controls. Or something. yeah okay yeah i mean it's not it was so bad that it took me out of the experience but more like i just had questions and i'm sure there's answers in the book because i'm sure it's the same situation i liked for the for the uh the van they all had to get wired like harnessed up yeah, yeah that, that was cool. cool so they could run in the air and jump uh, you know that kind of thing that was cool i love how we were in sync there for a second yeah. <laughs> so we did the interesting a second ago we're yep. turning into the same person morphing <laughs> yeah you're transmorphing uh all right so talk Talk to me about the conversation between Halliday and... Well, it ends. He says, "Um, you're not an avatar, are you? And he says, no. And he's like, is Halliday dead? And he says, yeah. He says, then what are you? And he's just like thanks for playing my game. Thanks for playing my game. (laughs) It was really sweet. I just love like the whole... So we did. It's just like, I was, I thought that was an odd choice to put that like, ambiguous ending in there i liked it and i can't remember the details in the book but to uh, me it's a, he uploaded his consciousness yeah i think that's actually yeah, but yeah, yeah obviously there's the to me thing mm. is what i'm saying it's it's yeah. just i don't expect the that necessarily thing. in a yeah. in a spielberg action flick yeah hmm. but i the whole conversation was sweet and the whole like focusing on like you know because it's, it's very relatable in today's generation. Like, put down the game controller or put down your phone with Netflix or whatever and actually, like, try to live your life a little bit. It's but like, it wasn't... This movie isn't technophobic, though. It's nice. Oh, no, it's yeah. nice. Yeah, yeah it's... A, it's, a, it's not it's go responsible. It's responsible. It's responsible. It's not yeah. put the shit down and go out and play. It's not... Tuesdays and games. Thursdays. <laughs> yeah, it's not bad. Video <laughs> games are bad. It's just, like... Live your life a little bit and live life in all the ways. Mm. Yeah, no, it was a good Take thing. Take the leap, Trent. Take the leap. Try. Yeah. No, it was it was sweet. And just the way it was handled, like, I'm sure there's plenty of people, especially younger people in the audience that are probably, like, unhappy with their life. Like, I have no friends. All my friends are online friends. And then, like, to watch a movie like this and be like, yeah, okay, maybe I'll actually try going outside. Like, it's just, it's a nice theme to have. And, you know mainstream popular culture that i feel like isn't covered as often as you think it would be yeah i see that so that's interesting if you like if you like this movie and you like synthwave i cannot recommend the band gunship and their song artemis and parzival enough and the music video that they did an 8-bit that goes with it it's really Mm. cool really interesting that's what you were talking about last night yeah okay um, and I went back and listened to the song and, and rewatched it. And I was like, okay, suddenly everything makes a lot more sense. Mm. So what does it cover? Just their relationship or the whole book? Oh, the whole, the music video is a whole book. Like it's a long, it's a long video. It's pretty cool. Mm. An 8-bit? But the visuals are 8-bit. The music yeah. is synthwave. Yeah, the music is synthwave. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. That's cool. I'll check it out. So Gunship. Artemis and Parsable. Right. and what okay so before we do a favorite scene what is the most surprising easter egg in the entire film shining that was that was its most surprising easter egg to you yeah okay oh man golly there's so much uh honestly 
And this, maybe this is wrong. I was uh, Tracer from Overwatch. I had told you about that. I I knew you, I heard you, but still it's surprising because of how new the game is mm-hmm. and how long they've been working on this movie. I imagine that may have been another character and they just slapped, <laughs> they just slapped her in there. Maybe. It didn't feel weird. Yeah, because I mean, it's not like she had any speaking parts. It was literally just a reskin. I think like the only voice line is like a whole oh, during the party yeah, scene. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and speaking of reskinning, did you guys like the the trick they pulled with uh, Nolan? How so? Oh yeah, where yeah, he comes that. out and it's all of a sudden they got guns and I was like, <laughs> I was like, no fucking way! I was like, you could, no way am I gonna? Yeah, I was getting I was mad. Like, I was like, I was like, I swear to God, if all four or five of you snuck in <laughs> right? here and you have guns on this high level CEO, I'm done with this movie. <laughs> it was weird, but I, I was like. I'm into this, like they're mm. that they're taking him on, but how the hell? Yeah. <laughs> and why didn't they show it? <laughs> yeah. I was like, did we miss real five and seven? Like, what happened? But the trick was clever. I yeah, liked it. it was. It was. I liked it. I was most surprised by the uh, the Chucky Easter egg and how how big <laughs> of a deal that was, <laughs> because like Chucky for Universal. I mean, Chucky's Universal, and that's kind of become a throwaway, not a throw, more or less throwaway. Kind of like it's not as big of a deal. None of the horror films are. The last two have been straight to video films. Yep. And uh, I mean, you had Freddie and Jason in there too, which was cool to see. But yeah, uh, I was really surprised that he had such a prominent thing. And like, it's PG-13, so you get one F-bomb and they used it on Chucky. They're like, it's fucking Chucky. Great. I was like, yes, yes, it is. (laughs) That was fun. Did you know what that like grenade they used on the Mecha Godzilla, like the the laughing grenade thing was? Yeah, it was a Mad Ball. What's so a Mad Ball is from the '80s, and they used to used to get them at the uh, like mainly dollar stores or thrift stores or shit like that. And they were never they you would either squeeze them and their eyes would pop out, or they would suck in water, um, and you could throw them at somebody and squirt water out. <laughs> like it was never a I don't know. It was just a pop culture thing that we had. That's interesting. That was a big deal for eighties kids. They came, they came back and they did like a limited run. They have like an alien and a mm. predator and a, yeah. <laughs> All I know is just, it made it like bloated Nolan's avatar and he, as he exploded, I was like, that's yeah. gruesome. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting. Yeah. That's, that's one of the things I was like, I had never heard of that. It seemed to be shown quite prominently. So I was like, am I supposed to know what that is? Yeah. It's a mad ball. <laughs> interesting. There, there's people that collect them all and there's like well over a hundred uh from the 80s and made of rubber and I, they're probably decaying now mm. yeah and then we end and did you guys okay so nolan walks up to the van and he's gonna shoot uh wade right yeah mm. there are all these people around and he's walking towards <laughs> why did somebody not just come up behind him right. and grab his fucking neck and take him down i was just like what are you doing they're i don't know they're kind of cowardice i guess yeah that's what i heard they're they live in these stacks and uh i'd be right on that guy i'd just be like the second he turned his back i would just be like well it's weird because that lady comes up to him and she's like we know what you did here don't you better leave yeah they show backbone and then he throws out the gun and they're like oh maybe guns are just so rare in this world maybe that the first instance of one it's like terrifying yeah it's a little lame that we had to come up with like why this like <laughs> but i mean did you guys he he sees him and he's holding the egg and he's like all of a sudden it's like he may it's almost like he didn't want to shoot him anymore yeah like saw a glimpse yeah of. he saw i took it as he saw 
this kid is way happier in this one moment in this game than he has ever been in his entire oh, I life. I didn't pick up the yeah. I just thought maybe like he was like, oh, he finally did it. Oh, Halliday, my old pal. Like kind of like brought him back, maybe made him feel nostalgic. And he's like, you know what? I don't feel murderous today. Yeah, I don't know. I kind of, I, I guess I'm more with Everett. Like I kind of felt like maybe he was, maybe he saw like. How much it meant to him with the single tear. The, yeah, I was going to say how much it meant to him. But not only that, like that, hey, like. You're about to murder a kid over a fucking video And game. it's over. He's got the eggs. I mean, yeah. what's the point? Um. So, yeah, like, I was, I was like, huh. Because he opens the van, and I'm just like, well, I guess the next one's about Artemis. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, her, like, shout was pretty convincing. She's like, no, don't. Like, yeah. I was like, holy crap. Like, yeah, it was dark. Yeah. yeah. I was like, whoa, this is going to go in a totally different direction than the book. <laughs> and I like that uh, whenever... Of course, Nolan gets taken off. Like Simon Pegg shows up, you figure out he's the. Yeah, what a twist! It was a twist. I was like, "Where were you?" I was like, "You were supposed to be the bad guy." Um, maybe in the sequel. You think they'll make a sequel? They've talked about it. Really? Yeah. I wouldn't hate that. I mean, the um, Klein's been working on a book. Really? Yeah. So. Because he's only written two novels, and I heard that his second one was garbage. So. Yeah, I heard Armada was just okay. I wonder how much of his involvement, or how how extensive his involvement was on the script, because I know he's listed as a co-writer, but I don't really know. I think it was more like informing decisions like, would this character do this? Would this character do that? And Zach Penn wrote the brunt of it. Mm. Interesting. Um, I would think they wouldn't be concerned about that kind of thing, because they just go in a totally different direction. I think it's more paying it's paying respect to the creator and mm-hmm. whatnot because like a lot of these like you gotta remember like it's kind of their baby you know what right I mean? no of course but like to be listed as a co-writer I think he actually like wrote lines I think I had heard that like he he wrote like the rough draft and then they brought in the new guy and he they, may like, have and then like they scrapped most of what he wrote I mean that's shit that's what happens in Italy all the time like sometimes there's six writers on something and it's just like well four people wrote various drafts but because they put something maybe there's a line of dialogue in there or an idea that's present in the later drafts that came from those they all have to be credited right okay yeah but for a second I was like whoa I was like it's like so this is like Ernest Klein was involved like you can't say like they did a bad job adapting it because literally the author was involved but who knows how much he actually uh was present i liked the group was called high fives because mm-hmm. <laughs> he's always trying to get a high five and never fucking does <laughs> yeah, that was great kind of shows off as like kind of socially uh outcast personality like not experienced socially mm-hmm. uh because like so that was kind of an inconsistent inconsistency i caught is that like one second he's a geek and one second he's a smooth man with the ladies like in the real life like you you think if you're as much of a geek or as inexperienced as you would think uh he wouldn't be so suave i never felt like he was suave at all oh, really yeah no i felt like he was incredibly awkward <laughs> there were scenes where he was incredibly awkward but i thought like i don't know whenever like she picks him up at the resistance he's talking to her just fine like yeah and throwing out lines like i love you like it's nothing like <laughs> yeah so i don't know i mean the romance the romance didn't really work for me in the movie i wouldn't even say it really worked for me in the book either but yeah I at least felt more believable in the book uh but it, whatever it's fun it's a fun movie so it's like whatever feel good good feels yeah yeah it's saturday morning cartoon and like yeah. i it i can't i'm not i can't rate this film or tell you like how much i i will tell you i like this film but it's gonna be 
it's gonna be an alien covenant kind of thing like mm. i'll revisit it in a few months and see what i think maybe when it comes out on dvd and blu-ray yeah so how how well is it done over there uh we've got uh until right now it's made uh 190 million dollars worldwide was the, uh, that's box great off of? what was the um budget budget, budget 150 ish <laughs> or was it one was it 150 or 160 175 sorry 175 it's got to make a lot more yeah especially with the marketing they put into this so like you're talking about like probably 300 million to break even yeah and predictions this weekend uh quiet place will knock it out of number one wait what now a quiet place comes out this weekend oh you think it'll knock it out of number that's one? what people are predicting I hope so. That marketing, the 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 trailers for Quiet Place, while I think it's interesting and it's something I want to see, like I don't, it's not very. The trailers aren't very gripping. Hmm. But I I've seen pretty gripping because the lack of dialogue. The is... TV spots. I've seen two TV spots now recently. Both of them were saying, "And now with a one hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes." <laughs> and I went to check. Add six reviews. <laughs> <laughs> right. <probably>. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, "Wow!" Jumping on that as soon as six critics have reviewed your film. Of course, of course, of course. <laughs> it does look really cool, though. <laughs> so, but well, uh, are we just so going like general opinion here, like what we thought? Actually, <laughs> I just want to know, like, Everett, you're a big Stephen. I almost said Stephen King. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, you are a big Stephen King fan. All your scary movies. Um, you're a big Steven Spielberg fan. Where does this rank in terms of Steven Spielberg movies? Oh, dear. Because I know Jaws is your number one. You know, yeah. Jaws, well, Jaws is... Well, I might like Raiders more than Jaws. They're okay. both in my top ten. I love Jurassic Park. I love E.T. love Close Encounters. It's just hard. I think I might like this slightly more than Close Encounters. Okay. All right, but I love all of his movies, so I don't yeah. know. Um, I mean, I haven't seen all of his movies, and I wouldn't consider myself a Spielberg fan. Not because I haven't liked what I've seen, just because I haven't seen enough. I haven't like gone out of my way to watch Spielberg movies. I just have right. seen them because they're popular culture. But in terms of just like enjoying this film as something that feels old school, like I really did. It was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I do really like the novel like it's inspired me in my own writing just like how it presents virtual reality as another reality literally um and just like it's interesting spin on sci-fi it was never about the the references to me when reading it uh so it wasn't necessarily about that either when watching it it just is like a a fun upbeat tale a fun upbeat sci-fi tale and it the action was fantastic and everything so in terms of like spiel watching it as a spielberg movie it it felt refreshingly upbeat. Mm-hmm. It's like it's nice to watch a movie that can, you know, make you smile all the time, <laughs> and yeah. that happened a lot. It, ha- it did have a, it did have a lot of those kind of like very much nostalgia smile moments. Mm-hmm. I just got a a, t- a pop up <laughs> trying to kill my phone. <laughs> Get out of here. Ooh, Everett's looking at porn. I'm, I'm, I'm on the dark web. I'm just trying to order some cocaine and then danger, pop up. But yeah, no, I I was really impressed with just the fact that it was a mostly successful, like book to film adaptation in quotes. Like I was able to enjoy it as a separate like experience. Mm-hmm. Although obviously there were things about it that bothered me And I was like if people have gripes about the movie Then most of those things are going to be rectified by reading the book So those are kind of annoying Because you know going to be people like the plots 
plot's thin. The characters are thin. You know, things don't make sense. I'm like, well, it's like, yeah, because they had to cut out probably like 80% of the content <laughs> to fit it into the two hour slot. So, yeah, I don't know. It's just a really fun time, and I want to see it again, and I'd, rec- I'd recommend it to people. So. All right, all right. And it seems like the, I, from my going through Reddit threads and stuff, it seems like a majority of people are pleased, even people that have read the book. Because the, the book actually gets a lot of uh, flack. Like, people think it kind of sucks. <laughs> so, like, they think it's just, like, a, just a bundle of references, and that's very cringy, kind of stupid. So, like, that's why I say it's, like, I read the book. It wasn't perfect, but it was fun, and I had some interesting sci-fi ideas. So, hey, you know, it's cool. If you like the stuff presented in the movie, read the book. Yeah, I mean, it's getting pretty well received. 80% of audience members liked it and 75% of critics liked it right now. Hmm. Yeah, and I think that that probably has the majority. To, uh, the, the plot feels unpolished, but the action and like the spectacle and the visuals and just like the vibes, the heart is all very polished. So like if you're... If I imagine the majority of the negatives that critics had with it would be kind of the plot holes, maybe, or plot inconsistencies or world inconsistencies. Mm-hmm. That'd be my guess, because, I mean, that's what I took away from it. So are you waiting on me to say my favorite scene first? Yes. Yeah, I can't remember which my favorite scene is, so I'm just going to say the battle at the end. Really, I loved all the fran- all the all these licenses getting thrown in my face and, mm-hmm. and thrown at each other. And you're just a sucker for Iron Giant, right? Yeah, yeah, I love. I mean, it's one of my uh, childhood favorites, almost uh, personal perfections. And mm-hmm. um, it's weird to say this, seeing as I haven't seen the movie, but I really enjoyed the Shining bit just because it was so surprising and it was so well done. And it like was just thrilling for me having not experienced the movie, <laughs> like kind of getting that slice of horror was really enjoyable. So, and it, it, it also worked as kind of like a mini advertisement for the shining. It both like made me never want to watch it and kind of interested in watching it at the same time. <laughs> Cause I'm like, okay, this was kind of terrifying. Then I can imagine what the actual movie is like. So I'd say that was just a very memorable scene. That I probably won't be forgetting anytime soon. And I'd say the racing bit is slightly under that I would say my favorite scene is pro- probably 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 gotta be the shining as well but like specifically uh, the panic on everybody's face whenever they're about to walk into the theater and they walk into the house and like everybody's like go oh, get the fuck like all their all their reactions right there in that moment is just perfect <laughs> i love that and i love walking into the dance club with new order going i was like mm. yes so pretty to look at and just visually stunning a fantastic theater experience by the way the sound it is like this that theater is the way to see this film the sound design was off the charts the sound effects like mixing everything like it was incredible yeah, I just remembered you're talking about the shining scene, and it reminded me of the, of the after they've got the chickies, they're talking about the IOIs now having to enter the shining, and yeah. we're just watching all these people just <laughs> on the dying. floor. Yeah, yeah, which it just made me think of Ant Man with those tiny fights. Just yeah, yeah, the yeah. Uh, perspective thing, mm-hmm. and so it was just funny to see this perspective of all these people freaking out with mm. their goggles on. Hmm. That was fun. Yeah, that's great.
There's... I don't know if I would ever be afraid if I was playing a game like that. Like, if I, especially if I was an IOI who, like, it was my job to die all the time. I'd just be like, meh. Well, I guess just because it's so realistic. Yeah. You, you feel like you're in the game. Right. Which I was surprised that Nolan wears the suit that makes you feel. He doesn't seem like the person who'd be okay with that. Yeah. That I think it kinda... actually, like, it's beyond just, like, immersion. It actually helps you because it gives you, um, what would you say, like, better feedback. So, like, so you see it kind of utilized in the final action sequence where, like, our protagonist, Wade, gets shot and then is able to, like, kind of turn and, like, know where he got shot from because he felt it. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I think that's kind of where it's most useful, like, it's most, most practical. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's mostly marketed that way in the book, uh, but I can't remember. <laughs> I think that's, it's be, yeah beyond just, like, kind of the gimmick. It has actual game functions. Like that in the book. But I can't remember. Yeah. Trent Gleason, <laughs> 2018. It's been years. Okay. <laughs> I'm trying my best. This has been a Second Mob podcast. For more audio content or information on this podcast, please visit secondmob.com. Bada bing, bada boom.